Here are the highlights from the latest episode of Free Talk Live. Visit freetalklive.com for the full episode. Here in the studio tonight, it's Ian. And Aria. Aria, you are also known beyond uh, just being a host here on Free Talk Live as the High Priestess of the Reformed Satanic Church. This is true. uh, That uh, that you founded here in Keene, New Hampshire. Uh, despite the fact that the government would like you to believe that it is a quote-unquote purported church, it is actually, in point of fact, a real church. That To my knowledge, they've never made that accusation against the Reformed Satanic Church. Oh, really? I don't think that they have. I, I think they did. I know they certainly have alluded to it at mm-hmm. a few occasions. Like, they've listed it alongside things like Church of the Invisible Hand or whatever. But, yeah. uh, but part of the conspiracy charge uh, that I understood was that they were trying to paint the connection that the Reformed Satanic Church was, you know, similar in nature to those, but it, it wasn't going to stick from what I could. It was all very confusing and very hazy to me at this time because this, I've got a lot going on in regard to all this case. I don't remember every little detail. However, I don't recall they were actually trying to. They seemed to recognize that there was some some difference between the Reformed Satanic Church and some other churches, which is, I mean, obviously, whatever difference there may or may not be is just in theology. However, mm-hmm. at the Satanist aspect of it, there's a lot borrowed from that. I think the government has tangled with Satanism several times, yep. and That's they've right. lost every single time. So they have. I don't they think have. they were in any hurry to kick off that battle again. And obviously, the, the Church of Satan, not very good friends with me mm-hmm. uh, i can't stand them they can't stand me however that's have not you actually tr- had an interaction with with them like you not said they an, can't stand you not in an official capacity okay. but some of its members i know them what they stand mm. for their ideology and it's fundamentally opposed to everything that i stand for and mm. everything that satanism stands for hence the reformed uh, satanic church i think they would have had you gone to the crypto six trial i think they would have tried to i think so uh insult your church as well they seem i don't remember specifically what they were doing up there with regard to all of the churches but that was sort of their whole yeah thing anyway um i bring it up because uh it's in the news satanism is making headlines again here and this is for the global order of satan uk so we've heard of the satanic temple and we've heard of the church of satan the church of satan goes back some decades anton levey i believe was uh co-founder or founder of that and that's the one that used to get the headlines these days you don't really see much about the church of satan anymore you see a lot about the satanic temple and they've been getting a lot of headlines and for good reason because they've been fighting uh i would say Mostly a good fight with regards yeah, to... Yeah, I love the Satanic Temple. Yeah, with regards to equal access for various different religions to governmental bodies and such. So if uh, if there's like a Christian club at a school, then the Satanists uh, from the Satanic Temple will come in there and say, Oh, you got a Christian club here? All right, we're going to start a sa- Satan club. Yeah. Oh, you're saying no to that? Well, now we're going to sue you. Yeah, oh, and right. or they'll uh, they'll send somebody into. Uh, like a city council meeting where they'll have a prayer that's being led by some Christian uh, preacher and they'll say, well, we need to get our prayer week. What week can we schedule our uh, satanic prayer? And then, you know, stir up controversy there. Which, and, and Christians and just religious people in general, they don't understand. They're like, oh, they're just trying to start a fight. Yes. Yes, they are trying mm-hmm. to start a fight because there shouldn't be a fight over this this in the first place. If you're going to have your Christian prayer, yes, I'm just starting a fight by saying, hey, now we need to have my satanic prayer. Quote, with our rituals, 
There's never any murder. There's never any sacrifice. There's never any blood rites to Satan. We don't worship the devil. We don't cast magic spells, unquote. This is from, uh, by the way, a story from The Telegraph over in the UK. In fact, as the Global Order of Satan UK, as well as other leaders and members of satanic groups around the world insist, it would be difficult to spot a Satanist walking down the street. Now, you don't have your... uh, pentagram on tonight but there are I some there I are alternate some necklaces yeah. randomly based on which one i happen to see on a given day but yeah i do have well i still have the giant pentagram tattooed on my back on your but back okay that's not visible in the winter because right. it's you know cold here and i'm generally wearing a jacket the only thing that i would i would dispute there and not again not knowing anything about the global order of satan technically there's probably some of them that do believe in black magic and witchcraft and casting spells and stuff like that okay there's a lot of overlap between satanism and occultism and wicca what percentage would you say of a given satanic group would be into casting a spell i don't know probably fairly low two to three percent enough to exist and to need to be recognized and pointed out Mm -hmm. but not like a driving force or a main force probably it's people who go a little bit further down the road of astrology i see they don't necessarily believe they can wave a magic wand and you know wingardium leviosa somebody into the sky that's a harry potter reference okay thanks i didn't know yeah that was what they said to make things float gotcha so they don't necessarily believe that but they do believe that you can cast you can chant some series of magical words and make some gestures and combine it with some reagents or salt or whatever and somehow manifest that in the world and Mm. I don't necessarily disagree with it because any any thought that you put out there in the universe has the potential to be ultimately made manifest just by your desire and I you're so. putting that out yeah. there. But I don't think, you know, lighting the candle and chanting a sentence in Latin five times is yeah. necessarily going to achieve anything. Yeah, I question whether or not a uh, spell can affect another human being in any sort of positive or negative manner. And uh, I'm a skeptic right. when, it, when it comes to that. Uh, but uh, while the macabre rituals, uh, occult rituals, vir- virgin sacrifices, chalices of blood, and belief in the actual devil are a thing of the past, Satanism is luring increasing numbers of young people disillusioned with so-called outdated and dogmatic traditional religions to join its fold by offering an alternative to stuffy traditional faiths. They're putting a bunch of those words in, in quotes this is why Anton LaVey was so big on the religious imagery and all of these symbols and the ritualistic nature of it. But things that the Reformed Satanic Church doesn't really care for, mm-hmm. that it appeals to people in an almost animalistic way where it just replaces one theology, the Christian and all of their symbols and their songs and their hymns and their chants and stuff with a completely different set that instead alludes to Satan. I'm not a fan of it because I think it's better to get to not have these traditions and these. Uh, so wait, the, the he does that fun. even though they purportedly don't actually believe in Satan, the entity, or... right? The ritual aspects of it, of having the the meeting and you know everyone wearing black black cloaks masks, and, yeah, that sort of mm-hmm. thing. It was important to Anton Lavey. I see. As upside down crosses. Yes. Okay. And, you know, I like the symbols, too, but not necessarily for that reason. The ritualistic aspects of it, I don't care anything for. The Sunday Telegraph spoke to leaders and members of satanic groups around the world who claimed that the opportunities Satanism offers to people to engage in activism and campaign on issues such as gender and sexuality is part of the appeal for the younger members, particularly those who are increasingly less likely to declare themselves as Christian. Chaplain Leopold, a 32-year-old London-based undertaker, co-runs the Global Order of Satan UK, which he says has seen a 200% increase in membership 
over the last five years. Nice. Good for them. He says, I'd love to be able to claim that we could pat ourselves on the back and say, yes, we've done our infernal work here and we're successfully declining the number of Christians. But I think it's a far more complex issue than that, he says. He thinks that two factors were responsible, the decreasing popularity of the traditional dogmatic religions and, quote, a movement towards self-identification and self-realization. U.S. churches, for instance, are on the decline. That's the other story that I have from The Guardian. But his comments come as Christianity battles to appeal to younger generations and remains divided on the issue of gay marriage with bishops preparing for a historic vote on the matter next month. See, Christians are still arguing about gay marriage. Well, right. they're still stuck in the mid-90s, man. The rest of the world has moved on to to larger issues. And uh, homosexual marriage was decided 30 years ago, or close to 30 years ago. Well, And there have been some churches that have been more open-minded uh, on yeah. this issue. For instance, the Unitarians, uh, of course, have been long, for a long time welcoming towards gays. Now, they're not per se a Christian church. They're an interfaith uh, church. But there's also, um, here in town, there's the what do they call themselves? The UCC, and the U doesn't stand for Unitarian. It's something else. I'm not recalling. What well, there's it, also smaller churches, like the Next Level Church. They interviewed me when I ran for sheriff. They 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 probably were among the first to be accepting of LGBTQ people. Okay. I don't know that they were among the first, but they're certainly accepting of them now. Yeah. You and, didn't feel like they were rude to you or something no, like that? No, not at all. Okay. And the Catholic Church here in Canada, at least one of them, has an LGBTQ pride rainbow flag outside mm-hmm. of their building. So the, not not all churches, certainly, and not all denominations of Christianity, but there are a ton of denominations of Christianity, many of which disagree with each other. Well, all of which disagree with each other. That's why there are so many different right. denominations. And you can't really say, well, this is what Christianity believes or this is what Christianity doesn't believe. Beyond going, different. Yeah. yeah, beyond going directly to the Bible. And good luck pinning down what the Bible actually has to say about anything because someone's just going to come along and say, oh, no, but if you look at the actual ancient Hebrew, yeah, mistranslated. it actually says this. And you right. can't prove that or know? disprove it. Unless you can read yeah. the Hebrew, then you don't really know. Right. right. But in which case, I'm just taking their word for it, and I don't know that I can do that either. Yeah, and, and you do have to wonder if the declining number of people that is going to church in the United States, and I'm pretty sure elsewhere in the world, is one of the reasons why they're opening up, right? Like, oh, crap, we're losing members, so maybe we should vote on allowing the gays to come in, right? <laughs> so, like, okay, we're okay with you guys now. Come on in. We need your 10% of your uh, tithe. It's almost you like know? the Republicans, man. It, mm-hmm. It's almost like they're they're similar in ideology, the Christians, the, or the stodgy Christians, because I don't want to yeah. wa- wash all Christians like this, because I know some great Christians who are pro yeah, LGBT sure. and so on. But when when I think of a Christian, I don't think about people like, Tom Knapp, who writes at the Garrison Center, or you know these upstanding Christians who are friendly to gay people and trans people. I think of like the church I grew up in, the Fire and right. Brimstone Southern Baptists, who are in Mississippi. Yes, who absolutely just voted for Donald Trump in 2020, and they're going to vote for him again in 2024, <laughs> uh, assuming yeah. they don't vote for someone else because they got the Republican ticket. But the the possibility of inviting in LGBTQ people or people who aren't white or whatever, and they, they won't say these things so clearly, but you look around and there's no LGBTQ people and there's only white people. They don't have to say we don't like gay right. black people in order to get that message across. There's none in sight. Yeah, I was going to say, I, I just I wonder what it would be like if you showed up as the aria of today at this church that you grew up in and what would happen. 
Like, what would the reaction of, of people be? Oh, man. I was down there for my father's funeral, too, back in, like, May. Mm-hmm. Uh, I'm t- I wouldn't. I would not object to going down there to find out. As long as they don't nail you to the cross, you'll probably be okay. Yeah, this was at a funeral, so they were far more gracious than mm-hmm. the, I mean, they were extraordinarily gracious. But again, it was at my father's funeral, so right. they weren't going to start a fight with me then, or an argument with me, whatever. I right? mean, they're not going to start a fight with you, likely not if physically, you show up to church. But I, th- I, th- I think they would take issue but with they my might presence. Try to make it uncomfortable. Let's go to Major Payne. You're on Free Talk Live calling from Michigan. Go ahead. You guys are confusing Catholicism and and, and Christianity. I don't know if we are. You mean Protestantism? Well, I mean, think about it. You, you say we got blood on our hands. Any institution of people this large trying to hold on to just their own backyard is going to have a lot of blood on their hands. I mean, this has been going on for centuries. There's been very, want, very little. There's. Okay. And that goes for the Muslims and everybody else. I understand, Major, but let me remind you that there's been very little of Christianity's history where they were trying to hold on to their land. The vast majority of Christianity's history has been taking land from others violently. Well, and the, same thing, the same thing is held true with the Muslim Empire. They have, they're, they're nothing about but conversion. Yeah, I'm also not... Right? A, that, that's uh, yeah. their main goal. And, uh, We'd probably be more critical of the Muslims if we grew up with those people, but uh, both Arya and I grew up Christian, so that's what we're familiar okay. with. I mean, I, I don't know either because I didn't grow up in that backyard. But you guys mentioned the separation of church and state earlier. Yeah. And what you got, I think what you got to take in a concept on that is our founding fathers were run out of England because of religious persecution. You know, the Huguenots and whatnot. And, uh, I'm not convinced that's that, true. That, that that whole thing, there's never been a law written into the, the, the government about the separation of church and state. The only time that was ever mentioned was in a letter from Jefferson to, I think, Washington, but it might have been Adams. He did a lot of correspondence with Adams, too. Well, it, but, uh, there is a principle not, involved, it, right, Major? The principle was, of why a lot of the people came here... Uh, from the UK was to get away from the state religion. Isn't that true? Yeah, well, yeah, exactly. The well, that's what they said. Like I said, I'm not convinced it's true. Well, some of them started their own state religion when they got here, but they definitely wanted to get away from the that version of whatever right. you know the state wanted to force down people's throats. And, that's, and that was the separation between church and state. State cannot control the church. And it's been yeah, that lasted about four days <laughs> in North America, from what I can tell. Maybe a little longer than four days, but I mean, the Salem witch trials, they basically landed in North America and almost immediately got started on the Salem witch trials. The Salem witch trials were caused because they were eating rotten rye at the end of the winter and there was LSD in it. I have heard the that hypothesis. Was, the whole damn town was tripping. Yeah, I've heard that hypothesis, but I also... To, somebody to bloodland. I can't explain. I, it all. Anytime I've been on LSD, I've never wanted to kill anyone. I mean, normally it's like everybody, you know, all is one and we're all in this together, right? Like everything's connected. I just wouldn't. It's hard to believe that that would be a thing for people, but I mean, maybe for psychopaths, that's what would happen to them. Well, they didn't, they didn't realize they was tripping. They, knew, they didn't have a trip guide. And these were all <laughs> God fearing people. And they're like, oh my God, the devil's amongst us. 
Nobody's got a clue what's going on. Yeah, good point. Don't it's give impor- a crazy person LSD. No, but it's important to point out that what Major is talking about, it, there is a hypothesis that mm-hmm. there was some LSD was leaking into the water for some reason. I don't remember all of the specifics. No, but it was rotten fire. It was the end of the winter. But you're saying it like it's a fact, and it's not. It's a hypothesis that one historian conceived and wrote about. Surprisingly, uh, the numbers of other religions are actually growing. So the number of Muslims in the UK is up. I mean, it's not jumping up or anything like that, but it is up. Uh, The number of... uh, Well, of course. I mean, people still have to have some sort of religious excuse to justify their bigotry, right? And if they don't want to associate with Christianity because it's on the decline, well, they just pick another religion that historically has a lot of bigotry in it. Another one here, uh, Hindu is up slightly. Uh, The... That's mostly positive, I would suggest. Buddhists are up slightly as well. Tremendously Um, positive. But the biggest group that is growing the most is those who identify with, quote-unquote, no religion. And that number has, it looks like it's been absorbing most of the Christians. Uh, Awesome. They're they're not going from Christianity to uh, another religion, per se, or at least another organized religion. Uh, Because there is another group here that says religion not stated, and curiously, that number has actually been going down as well. Over time, again, we're just looking at the the UK numbers here. And I mean, as you mentioned, a person could be spiritual without necessarily being religious. So these people who are turning away from Christianity, they're not necessarily going, okay, well, there is no God then, hmm. because that that's what Christians tend to believe. If you don't believe in the Christian God, then you must not believe in any God. But no, they just they believe in some sort of God. It just doesn't fall within these the scope of the Christian God. Yeah, well, I mean, you bring up an interesting kind of debate. Is like, can you be spiritual without re- being religious? And I don't know if you can. I kind of feel like they're one in the same. I understand why people don't like the word religion, because it does concoct these ideas of these, quote unquote, stuffy, old, uh, organized systems that have been oppressive for so long. So I understand why someone would want to jettison that. But ultimately, all a religion is, is just a certain set of beliefs that one has and purportedly applies as well in one's life in regards to the nature of the universe and God. I think I would agree with that. Uh, you can't be spiritual without being religious, I think. I, I I don't see any reason I would argue with it, except, as you point out, the connotations of the word religious. It just sort of makes my skin crawl. Yeah, and, I, I don't think yeah. it requires a dogma. I don't think it requires you know some sort of rote uh, memorization or Ten Commandments or anything like that. It can just simply be your own personal belief system. You're on the air, caller. What's your name? You're on Free Talk Live. Hey, it's Tom. Hi. Well, uh, so (laughs) where do I begin? I think I wanted to answer the question about the triune God first, maybe. But before I get into that, um, I would say this, and I've I've combated this, uh, if you recall. You know, I'm a Christian anarchist, right? So I get it coming from both sides. From the Christians, I'm uh, some libtard. And then from my fellow anarchists, I'm some wacky Christian guy. But anywho, when I'm when when I hear those uh, criticisms that you know Christians Christianity has blood on its hands, I have to remind you that when that occurs, the majority of the time you have an infusion of the state with religion, mm-hmm. and that's where the blood comes from. The blood. Really, the, man, the the machine of corpses is the state. 
those bring in the military powers for the church to utilize. That doesn't absolve them of that immorality of enforcing violence or using violence to get their mean, the, the means to an end. But if you take the state away, the religion is what the religious institution is powerless. Does that does that make sense? Uh, it it makes sense, but it's fundamentally wrong. The reason that this union, I'm explaining the reason this union between church and state came about in the first place was because the church was becoming more and more powerful. The church, you you could work, you could love your king and all of that great stuff and be loyal to the king, but the church commanded a person's soul. They commanded that this special kind of loyalty that no yes. king or prince could intervene place. in. So these two there's entities, a, they were competing with one another, and ultimately right, right, the church. Okay. Well, I guess if you wanted me to ask your question, I could have, but go ahead. Well, I get your point, but the the thing is fundamentally, as far as Christian, I can't speak for any other religion, but Christianity, it, it that was op- operating in opposition to Christ's teaching. The one thing that Christ got insane about, smashing up the room, as it were, throwing chairs and tables, was the conversion of his quote-unquote father's house into a den of corruption where they 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 were taking advantage of people and whatnot he 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 was furious about this um so i would say that like you're right in that it does happen but it happens in opposition to the fundamental teachings of that thing uh, see i agree with you there tom i i can't blame a christian of today who is a principled individual, you know, as Tom sounds like he he's a liberty-minded guy, I can't blame them for what their ancestors no, did. Ne- I've never right. said that any Christian living today had blood on their hands. Oh, okay. I said that Christianity no, does. I, yeah, I, I, well, no, Christianity itself, you can, if, if you separate the instances of, uh, uh, of corruption and violence from the, the, the teachings itself, they're clearly opposed it's not murky. Like when you start actually studying uh, biblical texts, it, it and you know, and all of the uh, church history and all of that stuff, the story really just shows that people are corruptible, man. And that's like the sure. Overall that's a that's story a true of- uh, that's true of all of the religions, the world religions. That I mean, basically, certainly the major ones that had had some sort of great leader at one time or a founder. And then fell away from that person's teachings. I mean, it's certainly true in uh, Buddhism. It's true in uh, in Islam. Robert is on the line, listening in Daytona Beach. Go ahead, Robert. Hi, uh, I'm glad to uh, talk with you. I would like to address Aria. I uh, was reading a book uh, by a doctor, and this is medical uh, doctor, psychology, and all that, but. Uh, the uh, the thing was she discussed uh, Paris, a term called Paris. It's an acronym for partial androgen receptor insensitivity syndrome. Hold on, and, one more time. Partial androgen receptor insensitivity insensitivity syndrome. syndrome. Okay. Yeah, and uh, it means that at conception, the uh, egg is. Uh, got a genetic mutation that prevents it from uh, developing uh, completely uh, when it's it's responding to a Y chromosome. And uh, so what happens is the Y chromosome sends a signal 
and the and the uh, the egg uh, just uh, does not uh, develop, uh, or the body ends up developing, and then uh, the uh, <clears throat> the female is the dominant, uh, like a default development. Uh, so it's sort of like an explanation for the existence of intersex people, like XXY people, and other intersex types. I, I, I don't. I don't yes. know. Yes, but, there's a physiology she claims in her book uh, called "The Story of Testosterone, the Hormone That Dominates and Divides Us." Okay, hold on. Before we get too deep into this, as somebody who's kind of on the outside of this, I mean, yeah, Aria, you and I work together, but. I don't know what an intersex person is, so can you explain that to me? Yeah, sure. So everyone tends to have two chromosomes, a two chromo- uh-huh. a chromosome pair, XX female or XY male. But in reality, we've learned that it's a little more complicated than that. And there's a lot of people running around. We don't know what percentage. I suspect it's probably like 1% or less than 1% who are XXY or maybe even XYY. I don't, I don't know because I don't know all of the details about intersex, but... It's an explanation for some people, like the um, the the black woman who is like a really good sprinter. They they tested her for testosterone, and they ended up kicking her out with just an ordinary cis woman, right? Huh. And part of the explanations put forward by people on the internet was that she's actually intersex and just doesn't know, and that's why she had so such high levels of testosterone. So just to clarify something, the XXY and what was the other one? Y. I don't know that XYY is a thing. XYY, whatever I, they are, the three uh, yeah, chromosomes together. Can they have either um, geni- genitals? I mean, Presumably. Okay. Uh, it, it's, I don't think it has much to do with their actual anatomy. So it doesn't the show, thing, per right. se, in a certain way. Okay. I believe so. Okay. Got it. Yeah. And this, uh, this author claims that it exactly uh, has to do with anatomy. So this is maybe controversial in many circles. Uh, in fact, uh, this person was... Uh, uh, petitioned against in her university to be thrown off her, the faculty because there's such uh, controversy uh, concerning her. Uh, Wait, so this person study. this person said that the well, she, intersexism she said, is related to anatomy? Is, is that right? It's hermaphrodism? Hermaphroditism? Uh, well, uh, not exactly. It's uh, this uh, developmental disorder where a person, uh, her her prime uh, subject was a, a woman who uh, was actually a male, but uh, because of the default, uh, uh, so she was a trans uh, man. I think this, is what uh, you're saying. This this thing, the the default development order of her body or his body. Professor Linda Woodhead, head of the Department of Theology and Religious Studies at King's College, added that Satanism is a young person's religion, but that, quote, the bigger phenomenon we're seeing is the incredible diversification of the religious and spiritual landscape. She says further, there's not, or there's rather now, a lot of solitary exploration, which is what I was discussing earlier, where somebody leaves a organized religion and then just figures out for themselves what their belief system is and should be. I don't know that it's fair to say that Satanism is a young person's religion. Certainly, 
Satanism is a newer religion. It's been around for less than, what, 100 years yeah, or something? Certainly, certainly less than 100. I don't know exactly how long. I think LaVey was like early 50s, 50s. Or Crowley maybe was 50s. I, I, mm-hmm. I don't know the exact time frame. But it, it rose up around the prevailing cultural ideas of the day, the counter-cultural ideas of the day specifically, which was pro-tolerance, pro-love, uh, in a lot of cases, free love, and the mm. hippie movement and stuff like that. that. That's the environment in which Satanism grew. And this stodgy, no, you you can't you can't be a man wearing a dress, you can't do drag shows, or mm-hmm. you can't do, as, you can't smoke pot, you can't do any of these things that Christians generally didn't want people to do, or just conservative Christian society in general didn't want people to do. Christian uh, Satanism rose in an era where there was a lot of pushback against that. And because of that, it encompasses a lot of the ideas that those countercultural counter, countercultural movements took on. Mm-hmm. So that's going to appeal to people who are younger, but that's just because Satanism was born in that particular culture that caused it to have these to give it 500 years and Satanism is going to be a dinosaur like Christianity is today. Could be. Yeah, it's hard to say what religion would look like, you know, 500 years from now. Uh, although Christianity is still very popular, right? Like it's still 46% of the uh, people in the UK at the moment. Uh, they say further here there's a lot of solitary exploration, particularly with the internet, and you can find anything to fit your particular identity, interests, values, or beliefs. And that's an interesting point here because, you know, and one of the reasons why Satanism is probably on the rise now, you know, in the 50s or whatever, it would have only been able to be spread by word of mouth. There weren't yeah. going to be easily accessible information in any place for about Satanism. Like it, you would have to hear about it from someone, and then maybe they'd give you a book because the odds that you're going to be able to go down to Barnes and Noble or you know Amazon wouldn't exist, right? The the, the local bookstore probably didn't carry uh, the Satanic Bible, so you wouldn't be able to get any good information from any kind of source in the early days. Now you can, and that explains why they're they're seeing. Um, this sort of, what was the word that they used? Diversification of uh, the religious and spiritual landscape because now you're not locked in as easily to whatever your parents were, which is what a lot of people, you know, that's how people grow up, right? Like your parents are a certain belief. They pass that on to you. Most people don't question it. Well, now you have the opportunity to come across all kinds of other alternatives. It's not just the church across the street anymore that's trying to, you know, beckon you in. It's every church everywhere in the in the world has equal access, or at least you have equal access to to its information or their information. Yeah, I wish I was, you know, one of these teenagers today who's got all of these opportunities, because I look back, I was tremendously curious about Buddhism right mm-hmm. after I left Christianity and I was exploring other religions. Buddhism always had a certain appeal to me, just on the, the few things that I knew about it, like the Four Noble Truths, I think, was the extent of what I knew about Buddhism. and. It appealed to me. I was like, I want to learn more about this. The Reverend Diarmid McCullough, the emeritus professor of the history of the church at the University of Oxford, said, I'd say all these are symptoms of people who've been disappointed by other religions or who may only know them superficially and who are looking for a system of belief to make their own, since our society encourages individual consumer choice and research, he said. Contrary to the stereotypes... It's interesting. Who Who is this? He was an um professor at where now professor of the history of the church i wonder if he knows that he basically just quoted one of the openings of one of the chapters of the satanic bible i bet he does not which is effectively that every every religion that's ever existed every god that humans have ever worshipped was just invented by human beings sure so make up your own god and worship that 
Contrary to the stereotypes, only a fringe minority of Satanists actually worship the devil. Instead, the religion's fascination with Satan is more metaphorical, identifying with the figure of the rebel as epitomized in the protagonist of John Milton's epic poem, Paradise Lost. Satanists generally do not believe in a higher power and instead revolve around a religion of the self, believing that it's up to individuals to define their own moral code and to develop themselves as their own godheads. Which is all really good. It's all really good, and I really, really like it. And I can see how the Church of Satan became what it became. Because it got wrapped up in the... You corrupted? Yes. It got wrapped up in the democratic ideology that by becoming part of this, this other thing, this great country this america we can be better we can this other thing that's greater than us but is totally not god yes <laughs> that's effectively what they did and, yeah. and it's sad because as the, this guy pointed out in this article satanism is adversarial it is about rebellion mm. against the king the arbitrary authority of a god or king or ruler because look, look at the bible from any rational perspective and yahweh is a brutal tyrant he yeah. commands he yep. says do this and if you don't i'm die. going to punish yeah. Punish you? Well, that's exactly. I need what, sacrifice. Yeah, that's all governments say is do this or yeah. we'll punish you. And if right. you ask them, well, well, why? Those will be because we said so. Right, and and the government wants you to sacrifice your value to them all the time. Yep. And Lucifer came along, or Satan, and said, no. Uh, we're, the light bringer. Right. We're going to rebel against this. We're going to think for ourselves. We're going to challenge authority, question authority, and we're going to demand account- authority, hold itself accountable. And of course, authority figures, they don't like that at all. So mm-hmm. like Zeus did to Prometheus or... Or Yahweh did to Lucifer, or churches do, not churches, uh, governments do to rebellious people all the time, off with his head. Yeah. Uh, However, this does not preclude Satanists from having fun getting, quote, having fun getting together and doing rituals in the forest, unquote, by candlelight encircled and enrobed. Chaplain Leopold, this is the guy from There's a lot of fun to be had in satanic rituals, man. (laughs) Uh, This is the guy from the Global Order of Satan UK. Chaplain Leopold said that ritual is used as a form of community bonding and meditation to give people the time to develop, quote, your own personal vision of yourself as Satan. You wouldn't recognize a Satanist most of the time if you pass them on the street, he said. But then we like to have the ritual space, which is when we don the robes and light the candles and hail Satan and everything else that we wish to do. He said further, because we embrace that aspect, it's almost like a form of mindfulness, a form of self-actualization. And while religions think they're casting magic spells when they perform their rituals, whereas we just believe that we're all coming together and affirming our bonds as humans. He said, you should never feel like it's a chore going to a satanic ritual. It should be like, oh, God, it's Sunday. We, he's saying, rather, it shouldn't be like, oh, God, it's Sunday. We have to go to church. You know, not all satanic churches are created the same in the same way that not all uh, Christian churches are identical. So, you know, do your own research when it comes to this particular topic. Now, the satanic church we were introduced to tonight that, you know, they don't get into the specifics of its tenets or whatever is this new one to us which was the uh, the Global Order of Satan UK. We should pull up, see if we can pull up their website at some point just to see, like at a glance, see if you can figure out like how they That's differ. That's a good point. If they differ from, uh, from the Church of Satan. Uh, but meanwhile here, there's a few more thoughts from the Telegraph story about the Satanists. Their numbers are increasing in uh, the UK. They've gone up 100, and I believe it was like 140 or 170%, quite a bit. In the last decade, uh, from a couple thousand to about 5,000 individuals in the UK. 
And they're pointing out here that, uh, you know, when you go to a church, it should be a fun thing. And I think that's true whether we're talking about Satanism or we're talking about Christianity or something else. It shouldn't be a chore. It should be something that you enjoy. And that's just generally, uh, you know, that's generally, I think, a life truth is like if you're not having fun, you're doing it wrong. Why wouldn't God want you to have a good time in whatever form of worship that you're doing? Despite well, a this- lot of these religions seem to be about not having a good time. Like yeah, that's true. Sacrificing a good time in this way, being miserable at, in return for some sort of better life in the next. Well, I mean, that may be their teachings or whatever, and we can criticize that. But I was just like meaning the the actual form of worship, right? So like even though Christians have that belief that you're talking about there, some of them are a little more fun with their worship, right? So like you go to a black church, they're singing, they're, they're, they got tambourines, they're dancing. They definitely seem to be having more fun than some stodgy old white church where they're you know singing from a hymnal and everyone's standing still and looking straight forward like there's a there's a significant difference in this the energy uh of of that room yeah but i don't know that i disagree that the uh, that the southern baptists who are just standing there you know or sitting and singing alone in the hymnal are having less fun okay i, I don't know either I i'll tell they, you it wasn't fun for me as a kid growing no, up a presbyterian but i think they probably just experience it differently in, in the same way that i would have Fun watching a a football game with you know friends hanging out drinking or whatever it mm-hmm. wouldn't be my choice of what to do but I would still have fun but I wouldn't be jumping up and down screaming and shouting when my team scored a goal right as a, as a friend might because you're not a true believer right uh, a little bit more here though Chaplain Leopold said that because of the stigma associated with Satanism many people may not feel comfortable to declare themselves as affiliated with the religion. So, I know that feeling all too well. So yeah, he maybe <laughs> what he's suggesting here is that maybe the numbers are higher than what the official government numbers are suggesting. Malcolm Jerry, who's the co-founder of the Satanic Temple based in Salem, Massachusetts, suggested that the ONS figures, which is the that's their cens, uh, census over there in the UK, were a drastic underestimate. He said his organization, which was founded in 2012, has 21,996 members registered from the UK. So remember, they only found like 5,000 in the national census. Okay. So he's saying he knows of at least four times that many just for his satanic church, which wouldn't count the other uh, satanic churches that are represented there. It's pretty impressive. Yeah. And he says they have around a million followers worldwide. So the Global Order of Satan has six fundamental pillars of what they believe. One, self-fulfillment and personal understanding allow us to support ourselves and therefore others. So, personal understanding and self-fulfillment, these are important things. Understandable. Yep. Oh, you got to be able to support yourself before you can support someone else. Number two is respect the inviolable body, autonomous will, and sovereign right of every individual to guide their own life and being, remembering that enjoyment of these rights is predicated on respect for the same and others. Yes, this is a pretty big one here. Respect of the inviolable body invaluable meaning that that thou shalt not violate right someone else's body yes and that's almost identical to the wording of the satanic temple which is one's body is inviolable subject to one's will alone okay i like the satanic temples better because it's shorter and yeah. i guess the point of, same shorter, point across in yeah the, shorter yeah. is usually better if you can make the same point that much is absolutely true however they do rightly point out that enjoy remembering that enjoyment of these rights autonomy and inviolable body requires you to respect those same rights and others okay i i like that uh th- do they hold to it that's the question because you know this the, the know church of satan has fallen from their principles 
This one's a relatively new church as of 2012, so they haven't been around for that long, just barely a decade uh, at this point. So are they still sticking with it, uh, or are they not so much? And if you are involved with the Satanic Temple and you want to call in here and, and share your thoughts on what's the reality on the ground of what are the members, what are the, uh, I don't know if you call them ministers or preachers or whatever, uh, what's, what's the term out? Priestesses? Priestesses? Uh, Priestesses? It probably varies from one... Yeah group to the next on what they prefer to be called yeah are these people actually respecting not violating the you know individuality and the bodies of others or are they advocating for the state because well, i would suggest doing- the satanic temple so far in my experience with them is holding true to its stated beliefs okay i mean so I mean, far no my perfect ex- the only thing i ever hear about them is that they challenge the state on inclusivity which seems totally legit yeah uh, to me they do that, and they also argue for abortion rights and pro-choice things and pro-acceptance and tolerance. So in my experience, they do that. They, they do uphold their beliefs, but maybe I'm wrong. Number three, science, evidence, reason, and critical thinking should guide our beliefs about our universe. Truly, critical thinking can only be... If they, they meant mm. true. True, critical thinking can only be achieved by challenging your own preconceptions and opinions providing a more balanced outlook to help us make better informed decisions. Another good one, however, you know, it makes me wonder what were they saying during COVID, right? So they're right. talking about challenging your own opinions and challenging, you know, standard beliefs or whatever. That sounds like a really good litmus test. Like, yeah. Let's find out what the global order of Satan was saying about you know, masks and vaccines during COVID-19. Mm-hmm. Number four, act with empathy, compassion and wisdom towards yourself and others. Hard okay. to argue with anything there. I like there. that one. Number five, justice. That's a pretty universal one, too. It is. Right? From from pretty much any religion out there, you're going to hear something like that. Number five is also very similar to one of the uh, fundamental tenets of the Satanic Temple. Justice always takes precedence over law, institutions, and religious texts, as long as the pursuit of it does not countermand these pillars. And I don't I don't like huh? that at all. Yeah. What they're Seems trying to say. contradictory. Yes. What they're trying to say is, let me find it, the struggle for justice. Where is it? Are you looking for the Satanic Temple one? Yeah, and I had it pulled up in front of me, but... I haven't been able to find them yet on on their website, otherwise I would have had Every tenet is a guiding principle designed to inspire nobility in action and thought. The spirit of compassion, wisdom, and justice should always prevail over the written or spoken word. Which is basically the same thing. The law doesn't matter. Justice Mm -hmm. is what matters. And too many people get caught in this mindset of, oh, well, the law says this, and therefore that's what justice is. Satanism exists to point out that no, just because the law says doesn't mean it's just. We got Joe in Maryland. You're on Free Talk Live. Go ahead, Joe. Hey, how you doing? Hey, you're on the air. What's on your mind? Okay, let's talk about, uh, you guys were wondering uh, who Jesus Christ is. Uh, Going to the castle and I see in 325 and... I was raised Catholic, so this is what they said. They said he is both man and God, and God is three beings and one God, the Father, Son, and Holy Spirit. Okay, so you're saying the answer to the question is Jesus is both God and the Son of God? He's both man and God. He's not God. And he's also the Son of God. He was, uh, you know... Sorry, your cell phone's kind of a little janky here. Can you repeat that one more time? You're saying he isn't God, or he, he is God? Okay, he's both man and God. He's he's man and God. So God. is he the son of God? Exactly. Yes, and he is also the son of God. Okay, so the answer... And God... You're saying the answer is both. He is both God and yes. the son of God. 
Yes. Okay. How does that work? That makes the most sense to me. How does that work? Okay. I can't be my own parent. If you're God, you can. God is three beings in one God, the Father, Son, and Holy Spirit. Well, that's the part that doesn't make any sense to me. You don't see any any issue there with saying that God is three beings who are one being, who are three beings, who are one being, is our That's the part that makes makes absolutely no sense. I mean, why wouldn't God be all the beings? But God, well, he is. Okay. God is three beings in one spirit. Well, that's not the same thing. (laughs) I I said all of the beings. All of the beings. He's all the beings incorporated. Okay, so so, so would, none of them are God, but by by their powers combined, they you, are God. Would you say that you're a, pan, a pantheist? No, I believe in God, Yahweh, God of the Bible. Okay, okay, well, I just want to clarify what you're saying then. So yeah. you're saying that your God is a Christian God? He's Catholic, Christian, but really, see, here's what happened: the Christians spun off from Catholicism, so they don't worship everything that the Catholics do. Okay. So they probably won't be saved. That's one of the things that amazes me about Christianity. If you look at just one denomination of Christianity and one denomination of Islam, then every single soul on this planet, every single person alive is believed to be destined to eternal torture by someone else on this planet. And that—that's exactly. what it's horrifying. No, that's not. And you say that. I mean, you say exactly like that's not a horrifying thing, dude. That's that's absolutely grotesque. That is Christianity and Islam. That's Yahweh's great gift to the world. Everyone believes everyone else is doomed to eternal torture, and they're okay with it. How can you, Joe? I gotta say, I'm really confused by what you're saying here because it sounded to me like you said a moment okay. ago. It sounded like you said God is all of things and all religions, but then you just said that you think that only one particular belief system will be saved? Did I misunderstand you? Exactly. That's what I said, because uh, they don't keep the same law and they don't keep the same canon. Huh? Okay, they but is, the is same, there is there God keep... the same God that you worship? Yeah. God, well, it, it all depends. Some people think... Uh, what does God you know, say? All is different. Oh, God says he's uh, ultimate. Okay, but is only one group? What does Joe believe? Does Joe believe? Do you believe that yeah, only Catholic. one group of I'm people Catholic. is going to be saved? Who am I to believe that? I'm, I'm I'm Catholic. I believe what I was taught. Wendy, she's also in Washington State. Go ahead, Wendy. Hi, I just wanted to bring up the Trinity. Okay, great. Okay. Um, I grew up as a Jehovah's Witness. Oh, okay. Kind of in and out, yeah. And I never could commit to it. Hmm. I mean, I'm 64. My mother was in it when I was three and a half. Wow. Is when she came into it. But what did the, when did they ask you to, uh, before we get to the Trinity thing, I mean, Jehovah's Witness is kind of an interesting uh, religion. Uh, when they ask you to commit to it, what does that mean as a teenager or a young person? Baptized, but they didn't ask me. It means what? I'm sorry, I couldn't hear you. So they they getting baptized. Okay, okay, gotcha. And is that a choice it's that committed. that you have to make in that church? So, like for instance, no, one. Okay, no, you don't. right? Because when I was in uh, the Presbyterian church, I had no choice over that. It was just something my parents had done to me. No, 
No, they want you to wait till you're older and have more knowledge. Well, that's at least commendable. Okay, well, so wait, you're saying it isn't? So what I wanted to say, though, I believe okay. the Father, Son, and the Holy Ghost or Holy Spirit. I believe they're separate, but they both have the Holy Spirit. And, you know, we're nobody's perfect on this earth, let's face it. <laughs> and, you know, I believe that God did send his son down here to die as a human. All right, let's and slow it down here, Wendy. I just want to make sure I'm understanding what you're saying. You said you believe the Holy Spirit, uh, sorry, the, the Trinity or whatever, the, the Holy Spirit, God, and Jesus are all separate? Oh, absolutely, and I believe the Holy Spirit is what they both have. Okay, wait, wait, wait. So that means the Holy Spirit is not separate, but Jesus and God are separate? They are separate, but the Holy Spirit is what they both have. What does that mean, they yeah. both have it? What well, does it mean to have the Holy um, Spirit? Well, whatever their knowledge is, to me, would be the Holy Spirit. Okay. You know, so what, is what, that different from the, like, the standard Christian belief? Is that like your specific belief, oh, Wendy? many of them. But so the, the Holy Spirit is knowledge? Yeah, basically, I think. Like and, the knowledge uh, of God, like God-level knowledge? Yes, but okay. Christ was sent down here to die for yeah. So just to clarify, you're saying like the Holy Spirit is sort of like the uh, the personal internet connection between Jesus and God. That's how they're connected, even though they're separate. Yes. Now, is that a stand? Is that like a typical religious belief among Christians, or is that a unique belief you know, unique some to you, Wendy? Believe that they're the same. Say again. Some people believe that um, in Christ are the same. Okay, you're saying some Christians believe that? Oh, yeah, the Trinity. Okay, so you don't subscribe to the standard Christian belief, which you're saying is that they are all the same. together. They're, they're together, but they're, they're kind of different, but they're all the same? Is that the standard you know, Christian belief? A father and a son, but they have the Holy Spirit. That's what you believe, Right. Right. I'm asking you your understanding. Like, what do the Jehovah's Witnesses believe about this? Um, they believe something like that. Something like that. But, you know, I've never, and it's so weird. My mother passed away a couple of years ago, and she has been a Jehovah's Witness since, like I said, um, mm -hmm. I might have been three and a half. Yeah. And um, she, when she died, um, on her deathbed, she said, was I good enough? We're going to go back, though, to Reverend Ratspeed. He was trying to make a point about magic and how it's defined. We're not talking about card tricks or, you know, making an elephant disappear. We're talking about something else here, right, Ratspeed? <laughs> yeah, correct. It's, it's more of a metaphor, I would say, but uh, it's a metaphor that I don't think I even came up with. Um, I want to, before I go, I, I, before I go on, I just want to say, I think you guys should have a show where you interview chat GTP, GPT <laughs> and see what it says about it. It's kind of boring. Uh, you know, having, <laughs> having used chat GPT to some small extent, I've experimented a oh. little bit with it. Um, it's repetitive. 
if you ask a question that it doesn't really care for, it'll just keep repeating itself. And it wouldn't be a very interesting interview, at least certainly not to do it live. It would need heavy editing uh, to cut out the repetitive parts. But we have uh, shared some of the content from ChatGPT on the air. The thing is, ChatGPT isn't really a chatbot. Even though it's called ChatGPT, it doesn't actually have the ability to answer all of the questions you might want to ask it. So a lot of the times it will just simply refuse to answer and uh, you know kick you back to the prompt. So well, yeah, but if someone know it's on the radio, maybe it'll liven up. Yeah, if someone gave it. us a chatbot to whom we could ask you know natural <laughs> questions and it would generate natural answers and actually like speak them out. Yeah, I'd, I'd be all sure. about it. It would just be like the Whopper from War Games. Anyway, so I wanted to just say real quick. Uh, yes, it's not about magic trick or it's not trickery. It's not illusions. It's the idea that when something potential turns into something manifested into reality, it is that the moment and the place and the time and the mindset in which it happens is could be considered in, in a way magic. I can give you an example. Um, I, and I'll, this is how I came up with the idea. When I was trying to day trade and I was trying to learn about stock books and order books, for day trading and dealing with crypto, I looked at the the, uh, the visual representation of an order book and where the the bid and the offer uh, happens. And I started, and of course, me being the way I am, I started studying, finding out, well, how does this happen? How does it work? And why are some spreads bigger than others? And I started looking at, it and it came to the conclusion through different articles that I read. They don't actually know. It's more or less a an agreement between two consenting parties. Whenever a bid and, and a, you know, whenever someone sells stock and buys it, there is a trade. But that very actual moment in which it happens is not a hundred percent defined, and that's why a spread can be a spread. So I started applying. I don't, I don't even or, know what a spread is. Yeah, we don't know or oh. really care. Don't, don't, good God, don't explain okay, it. Okay, yeah, that's, that's fine. Anyway. So that, that's the point. Is that My question would be, what, what differentiates, yeah. if anything, magic from just plain old cause and effect in your definition? What define... Okay, could you repeat that one more time? I'm yeah, sorry. what differentiates magic from I'll just ordinary cause and effect? Like, there's not... I'm, I'm going to... I, I can think about going... Let me, let me explain the question. I can think about going yeah. in my car and driving home. Right. And that's the thought. And then I can go out there, get in my car and drive home. And that's the action. But there's nothing magical going on there. It's just me thinking something and then me doing something. So that's just cause and effect, I would argue. Well, okay, so that's an interesting question. I would. Well, I don't know if I can answer that because I I wasn't thinking about it in, in that term. I was thinking about more or less the will of the individual, which some people consider free, some people don't. They say it's the manifest of the des- uh, manifest of, of the, the universe, depending on who you are. Um, well, see, that's the, the same thing. Of- I will myself to drive home, so I go get in my car and I drive home. Again, it's the same scenario, but it's not magic. We have another caller. You're on the air. Uh, what is your name? Tim. Tim. Yeah. Go ahead. You're on the air. Have y'all ever... Y'all ever had any experience with a seventh son of a seventh son? No. What's that mean? Well, you ought to check it out. How would I do that? Well, you just have to find a seventh son of a seventh son. (laughs) What What the hell does that mean? (laughs) Yeah, meaning meaning that some a family that has seven sons, I would have to find the youngest of those sons, and then he would have also have had to have had seven sons and find the youngest of those sons. Close, yeah. Huh? It don't make no difference how many sons somebody had. If that seventh son 
had seven sons, he could have nine sons. <laughs> but the seventh son of a seventh son, they have talents. They have talents? Like what? Yeah, I mean, it, uh, Can they sing real good? Well, no, but I've seen one. Um, I've seen a man get his arm nearly cut off one time and shooting blood about four foot in the air, and he walked up and touched it and immediately stopped. Uh, okay, oh, so, so wow. the seventh son of a seventh son, this is like like an angel in in human form. Is that what? what? Uh, I don't, I don't, I don't know about all that. I just Hold up, I'm I just want to hear more about this story. So you saw a man near get his arm cut off in some kind of yeah. accident, and then some yeah. guy, the seventh son of a seventh son, walked up, touched him, and he stopped bleeding instantly. Right. Where was this? Uh down in Texas. Was it on like a factory or where were you at the time? Uh, it was a working place. You were at a working place. You want to tell us a little more they than were. that? They was. I was just a child. Oh, you were you were a little child, just okay. hanging out at a factory. Yeah. How old were you? Eight years old. Eight years old. And yep. what happened next? They took the man to the hospital. Okay. Was right. was he okay? Was he still bleeding? I mean, obviously not. He's, so I mean, said he stopped bleeding. Right. So I mean, wh- why did he need to go to the hospital? Well, he had, he had his arm nearly cut off. Okay, but it wasn't to... bleeding. No, it stopped bleeding. I mean, just I mean, it was bleeding a little bit, but mm-hmm. it wasn't like gushing out anymore. Now, was this guy known as being a sort of miracle worker, or was this the first time he'd ever kind of sprung into action that you were aware of? He didn't like to use his talents at all. Mm-hmm. So this person worked there? No, well, he was there a lot. He didn't work there. He okay. just happened to be there at that time. Uh, he also just hung out at the factory. What happened? Well, we don't know. He didn't say it was a factory. He said it was a working place. But uh, you uh, did he do anything else noteworthy that you were aware I, of? I, I mean, surely there were rumors around town. I've seen him. I've seen a woman poor get a had a frying hot boiling skillet full of grease and it got knocked off and run all over her arm mm-hmm. and he bowed his breath on it and it, it never blistered or never showed any kind of burns or anything you just heard highlights from the latest episode of free talk live you can download full episodes subscribe to our podcast listen live and more all for free at freetalklive.com.